and welcome back to the Middle Ages of Europe podcast with your host, me, Lisa Kvetny. Today, we're going to be diving in with the third week of the World Traveler Unit, and we are going to be talking about religion. And this is a topic that's controversial to many, but we're just going to be talking about the history of Europe's religion and how it changed over time, what happened, why it matters, and etc. We're not really going to be diving into my personal opinions of today's modern religion. So that's just a little disclaimer. So let's get right into it. So the main question for this week is what are the major world religions and why do they matter? And we're specifically talking about Middle Ages of Europe. So that is our main essential question. So now we are looking at the sub-essential questions, which are where did their belief system come from? How did their religion change over time? How did religion and government overlap? Who led the religion? And what were the practices of the religion? This week, we have five sub-essential questions, which you just read out loud. And we're going to start at the very beginning of this time era. And we're just going to go because a lot of really interesting things happened, which had major effects on things today. So the biggest religion or overall, people did make um, different branches out of this, but it was Christianity. Christianity was the biggest and still is the biggest religion throughout the world. And it is very powerful to a lot of people. Uh, Yeah, so let's start in the 1500s, I would say. So it began... Well, let's let's let me clarify something. We're gonna just talk about the people, the re and the reformation, and we're gonna really really focus on the reformation and the cr- crusades. And I'm gonna be talking about those, but that's gonna be a little later on. Now we are going to be starting with the reformation. A lot of people ask, what was the reformation in the 16th century, and why was it important? Like, what happened? And it started with one specific person, and his name is Martin Luther. He began the 16th century protest reformation. He was the leader of the Christian community. So he originally was a minor, but he wanted a better life for his son, and he wanted to become a lawyer. And he got everything he needed to be a lawyer. But during July in 1505, Martin was actually caught in a really bad storm, and he prayed to St. Anne to save him. And he will become a monk, which is kind of like a Christian leader or a religious leader, instead of a lawyer, just because he wants to be safe and he will do anything to survive because the storm was really bad. And St. Anne, I guess, listened to him and gave him that power. Luther was one of the most important figures during this reformation movement and his actions actually like refractured the Roman Catholic Church and led major reforms of it. So Luther actually wanted to become a monk. He was 
getting really interested, but the uh, Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, was doing something not as good as he wanted to. They were actually just going against what the church's almost laws or rules or practices went for. And that was that um, you your sins will not be repaid when you died. And that's what the church kind of believed. But that wasn't true in their community, in their section. And Luther was not, uh, I mean, Martin was not okay with that. And he had to take action because that is, it was not a responsible choice for the church to do. Luther, uh, Martin Luther was, he taught theology at a university of Wittenberg in Germany. And he became really interested in things like that and he had to make a change there was something he was really it was really important for him to make that change because he wanted to stand for his beliefs so he wrote the 95 thesis and this was a protest against the pope's sale of indiglegenus which is what they wanted to do so one of the questions is who led the religion and i'm not saying that martin was actually the person that led the religion but he was a really big leader and in this case during this time i would say that martin luther was the person that kind of led this religion into what it is today which we'll get into a little bit later um as well as what were the practices of the religion and luther wanted to reform the church and lead people in the belief that your sins will be punished even after death And the church was going against that, and that was not right for him or his community. So that kind of answers that question. Um, And after this time, or very similar during this time, was the Swiss Reformation. And when the Reformation became in Germany and the Rome Catholic Church, it started to spread really, really quickly because 95 theses were going everywhere. So the Swiss Swiss Reformation began in 1519 by I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing wrong but it's um Ulrich Zwingli Zwingli um he had he was kind of the leader during the Swiss time and he had a very similar beliefs as Luther and got the help he needed to establish them for proper behavior Cal um Calvin, which was kind of a king back then in the Swiss community, was his help and led them into making Calvinism, Calvinism, which is a branch of Christianity today. Calvinism quickly spread to France, Belgium, Netherlands, and all around Scotland. So it was really taking up that part of space in Europe, if you kind of can imagine a map. And that's kind of where Calvinism spread. After that, um, also this the Swiss Reformation, and I'm also going to talk about the England Reformation next, which is what happened. You can see kind of the change of the religion. So it started with Luther, and um, Luther actually create uh, Martin Luther created Lutherism, which is also a branch of Christianity. And you can see that it started with Lutherism, and then during the Swiss time, it created Calvinism. So let's see what happens in England. So during the England Reformation, how did it start? 
It started because Henry VIII desired, he wanted a son. He really, really just wanted a son. And he was already married and his wife did not want to um, have another son. The Reformation in England started out like that. So when Pope Clement the Fourth, I'm pretty sure, um, he he Pope Clement uh, uh, Pope Clement the Fourth, I'm pretty sure, was also the person who led the kind of religion. He was the leader of the church, and he was the person that made the religious decisions in his, in the England community, and he was a very important role. So. Pope Clement IV said he did not allow Henry to remarry, and he, and this created a kind of a flame inside Henry because he was mad. He wanted to to be his own man and to do what he wanted, which he has the fair right to do that. So, in 1543, he declared that he should be the final authority of the English church. This was when Pope Clement, he could not go against him. Because, obviously, Henry had much more power than Pope. But Pope was the person that was giving out these instructions, I guess. And he was a really vital leader. So, this was another leader. Um, Henry started to dissolve these Catholic churches in order uh, to take their wealth. But after Henry's death, there became a mix of religion. So another one of the sub-essential questions was where did their belief system come from? And after his death, this is in the um, England uh, Reformation, by the way. He there after his death there became a mis- mix of religion. There was first Catholicism due to the Scottish influence that came first, and then Catholicism came back for good for about five years due to Mary the First. All of this kind of started to get jumbled on, mixed around, and had the community be in shock, kind of. So in 1599, Queen Elizabeth the First took charge of the throne and put a middle way of Catholicism and Catholicism. She was the person that took the middle way and uh, kind of took control of the English church. The church was conducted, the church then conducted their services in English rather than in Latin and revised the book of prayer. And you can see how it all started with the 95 Thesis and how it spread all around Europe leading every reformation or step of the way to a very modern approach to what we know now. After all of the reformations that we just talked about, there was also a counter-reformation. So the Catholic Church was slow in deni- because they were in denial to respond to Martin Luther's changes. During the Counter-Reformation, the Catholic Church set out to punish those in the protest that went too far and also to re-establish the church itself. So this was when the Martin Luther kind of did the... Uh, he was the one that pronounced his word for the 95 Thesis. So a lot of people got really mad and went a little too far. So this was their way of kind of putting a stop to it another question a sub-essential question was what were the practices of this religion 
Well, if we're looking here, in both Spain and Rome, indoquentions were established. So, this is meaning that their ideas and practices declared the opposite of sin of the original Christian belief. So, even though Spain and Rome did continue having those, a big other chunk of Europe was actually stopped by the reformation of Martin Luther. So, as we're kind of moving on, there was something that I wanted to mention because there was a one of the sub-essential questions is how did religion and government overlap? And I think the biggest part where the there was always government was always dealing with these kind of things, but I think the biggest point of intersection was during the England Reformation. So when Pope Clement the Fourth said to Henry that he's not allowed to remarry, uh, he took it into his own hands, and since he was the governor, he was the king, he was allowed to kind of take control, and Pope was, like, he had control over the city as well, because he was the leader of the church. So I think that's where the biggest intersection between government and religion came during these times. So after all of this, the Crusades start be, like began to happen. So what were the Crusades? You might be asking. And the Crusades were Christian warriors from Europe. They were they undertook a series of military campaigns known as the Crusades. There we go. They were used to gain back control of the holy land that was used by Muslims. So the Crusades' point was that they wanted to get holy land back because of because of their beliefs. The holy land was an area in the Middle Eastern. It was it's also known as Palestine. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it was considered it was the most sacred place because it had the um, it had the most strong connection to Jesus, and the, and this was kind of where the beginning of Christianity started, and it was a really important place for these Christians. So the Crusades wanted to take that back, and kind of defeat the Muslims. They had a total of four attacks, as I like to say. And this was the idea of a holy war, where the Christian warriors had a duty to do God's work by fighting for the church. So kind of the leader that first inspired the Crusades to attack was the Urban Speech. And this was, he lived from um, 1096 to 1099 CE. The Crusades left the entage of Jerusalem in January of uh, 1099. A much reduced crusading army reached the holy city on June 7th of 1099. So this was laying siege to its walls and finally capturing it on July 15th. So there was a lot of government in this because even though the crusade warriors themselves they had a plan of attack because of that's what they thought god would want them to do but unlike the first crusade the second was led by europe's greatest rulers so the emperor conrad iii of germany and king louis iv of france they helped lead and government really kind of stuck their finger in this and they 
they didn't want to go full in and have all of their governors, presidents, and etc. to be in this, but they wanted them to have like a big impact. I think this is when the government really wanted to take some control, and that's why it's, and that's why kind of um, that's kind of how the government wanted to push themselves in this sort of disaster. But the crusade was a disaster, as I said. It succeeded only in worsening relations between the crusades and the Byzantine Byzantine Empire. So that's also answering one of the sub-essential questions. And then one of the last sub-essential questions was... Um, how did their religion change over time? And this was coming kind of to the end since it was the last one. So looking back at that time, the Crusades formed an important part of transformation of the European society. In the 12th and 13th centuries, they were part of the expansion of Europe and they laid foundations for the Age of Discovery. So we all know as the Middle Ages as also the Dark Ages because there was little to no history left behind but they kind of started the age of discovery where lots of things were started to be made and lots of discoveries were starting to be like created so let's look at some of like why does this matter what things matter in any of this religion like history (coughs) excuse me so during 1517 so pope leo X announced a new round of indulgences. Luther, Martin Luther, he knew that this was a type of sin and set out to use people. So we're going kind of back to the 16th century here. And Luther knew that this type of sin was set out to use people. And he did not want that because he stood in what he believed. And this set out to stop it. He wrote 95 theses on it and quickly spread among the entire platform of Europe. The church kept trying to refuse him until he said that's enough. In January of 1521, Luther was officially excommunicated, which meant he was kicked out of the Roman Catholic Church. Later, he escaped it where he had been put, which was the city of Worms. He knew what was right and stood out for his beliefs. In 1522, he Another form of Christianity, which is known as Lutheranism, was kind of born to our world. And this is important because he was hardworking. He was passionate. He knew what he wanted. And his belief stood out in front of everybody else's. No matter what people said to him, he knew what he had to do. So that was a big, big part of kind of the... It was a big part in showing other people you can do anything in what you believe another really important was were the crusades and they were important in part even though they did fail they showed europe globalization and they were a huge help to spread europe into mass expansion they introduced western europe to great civilization of the islam and Byzantine world the crusades led power and trade spices fabric and food they were the leaders of business impacting the way businesses work and influencing people in trade but in trade also came knowledge this was this created a term that led europe into success saying knowledge is power
They were passionate and hardworking. The creationist paper was actually passed down after the movement of the Crusades. They introduced others to science and had a great achievements with cities and explored with them. Even though the Crusades failed to keep the holy city, they succeeded in establishing and growing Europe and flourishing it into modern day Europe. So now we know a little bit more about why this is important, but and some of these have really huge connections to a world today. But there was the Reformation legacy was something really important and stood out to pretty much everyone. The Reformation and the Counter-Reformation led culture and religion to many changes. This was leading them into Christianity to develop into what it is today. Uh, it created political shifts, with, political shifts. Sorry about that. Um, which have established and adapted to in modern age that led us into issues of America. But it also helped us to be a better place. When Europe won religions over, it was a peacemaking and had a legacy of its own. Even though years on years caused bloody wars, changes all all of the changes really just led up to where we are today. Many of the well-known artists and thinkers were inspired during this time to create and develop. Universities grew stronger. Knowledge became power and business flourished throughout the world. Some of these were religion had a huge impact on us today and it's not just Europe. And I think we sometimes forget that. So, I just hope that this reminded you or you learned something new from this. Uh, this is the Middle Ages of Europe podcast, and the question that I'm going to repeat the essential question for this week, which was, what are the major world religion? What are the major world religions, and why do they matter? So, what some of the major world religions are Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, but especially Christian Christianity and Islam had a really big effect, especially in the European Middle Age time. This was your host, Lisa Kvetny, and I am signing out.